Mike. Glad you could join me for some great seafood. Me too. Wait, why are you dressed in fishing gear? You said we were going out to catch great seafood, right? Yes, to Popeye's. Do you even know how to fish? No, I thought you did. Oh, yeah, I could catch pretty good seafood at Popeye's. Let's go. Let Popeye's do the fishing while you enjoy our delicious signature seafood. Get Popeye's flounder fish sandwich or shrimp tackle box before they're gone. Limited time at participating U.S. restaurants. Welcome to the Absent Law Podcast. I am your host, Brett Burney. My guest today is Michael D.J. Eisenberg from the law office of Michael D.J. Eisenberg out of Washington, D.C., where he advocates for veterans, military members, and federal employees. In addition to his successful practice, Michael also has a passion for talking about technology for legal professionals and runs the Tech Savvy Lawyer website and podcast. That's thetechsavvylawyer.page. I'll have a link in the show notes there. You can go and find some great episodes already with David Sparks and Judge Herbert Dixon. Now, Michael and I have intersected over the last several years at conferences and some events, and we recently connected at the ABA Tech Show in Chicago, and we just kind of agreed we needed to record some podcasts together. So, Michael, welcome to the Absent Law Podcast, and please tell us a little bit more about your practice and your interest in tech. Technology. Well, thanks, Brett. I appreciate this. This is a lovely follow-up from us meeting up again at the tech uh, <laughs> yes. conference back in 2020. For the past 14 years, I've been representing veterans before the VA. And one of the software products we're going to talk about today is Daylight. And, and the reason why I'm kind of merging the two in this part of the conversation is that with the VA, there are a variety of scheduling and timers and due dates that you have to make sure that you keep track of. And those types of deadlines aren't typically in those programs that you see online for the course scheduling. If something's filed, if you plug that in, you, you find out it's due in 14 days or 30 days, or if there's a deadline for an appeal, it's 60 days. If it's the federal government, perhaps 30 days. If it's not, uh, not to give out any legal advice at this point, but the thing is, there are, those calculators aren't inherent with those programs that you mm -hmm. find online, those uh, court scheduling calendars. And what Daylight allows me to do is to create my own pipelines. And so if I set a certain trigger and say a notice of appearance or excuse me, notice of appeal is due within a year, uh, I can set that and it will automatically populate out not only the deadline in my calendar, but also certain tasks to do in order to make sure I execute that properly. Um, same thing could be said with other deadlines that may just not be typical of what you consider to be standard deadlines. Uh, right. For instance, when I get a new client, I have to send out a certain document by a certain date or make sure that I file certain things with the VA or, the, or other projects uh, in a timely fashion. And this just helps me keep the tasks on track. Right. One of the things that I like about Daylight is that it's Daylight Mail Assistant. And what that does is when you use um, Apple Mail or iMail, as it once was called, it allows you to automatically tag into Daylight those emails. So you'll have that email correspondence between you and your client and other parties in Daylight should you need to have access to that either more refined on your computer, you just go into daylight and look for those particular emails or download it to your iPad, or your iPhone, which comes in really handy when you're on the road Yeah, and need to look at these things and kind of have the client history 
and also the client attachments. Because to be blunt, you know, I love my iPad. I love my iPhone. I hate the syncing that Apple has between the computer and your various devices. Because, right. you know, the iPad is not a laptop desktop killer because you can't have access to all of your files. And when you're talking to a client and yes, the email may be tagged and the attachment may be tagged, but certain documents, certain drafts may not have automatically just synced over with your computer. Certain won't sync through daylight unless you've actually made that tag. And like Dropbox is great, but you have to know exactly where that file is. You have to know exactly the name and you have to make sure it's synced because if it's not synced and you don't have, e I'm sorry, if you don't have internet access, it really doesn't do you any good. So, wow, there's a lot of great stuff in there, Michael. So, so I'm sorry if I, yeah. if I, no, no, it's fantastic. Let's, let's just make sure everybody know Daylight is D-A-Y-L-I-T-E. And I've been familiar with it just like you, Michael, for right. several years. It is it's it's not really legal specific it's a it's a company called market circle and it's almost like a practice management customer relationship management tool yep. uh i think it even has some aspects of document management and it's and it's really a good way at least I know you and I have encountered it because mm -hmm. of Mac using lawyers. It's a way right. for them to keep track of some of the things that you were just talking about. I just want to go back to that real quick. The scheduling and the timing. It seems to me that if you don't have something like daylight, then you're still having to track all of these upcoming due dates or reminder dates. Some people probably use a task list of some kind or a to-do yeah. list maybe if they have you know windows they in outlook maybe they have a they use their the task list there some people may just write it on a yellow legal pad or something but right. and maybe some people even put it into their calendar right and just have a calendar reminder uh, did you use something different like that before you started using daylight and and how it, how did that change for you well when i first started i didn't know what I didn't know. <laughs> right. So I used a spreadsheet. I used uh, the contacts function in my uh, on my Mac. I used right. uh, uh, the calendar. I didn't have anything sophisticated. And then as I was kind of growing, I realized I needed something more sophisticated. Right. And I couldn't tell you which of the other third-party CRMs, client relations man management programs I used. Uh, in no particular order, there was Clio, there was Rocket Matter, the problem I was having with those is that their mobile apps weren't that great at the time. Okay. And I think the last one was Clio, and I was just frustrated at what I considered to be a, a poor app at the time. I, I don't know if they've improved over the years. I hope right. they have. Um, you know, we saw them at the ABA Tech Show, and right. we saw others with Daylight and also with Billings Pro. The sync was so much better. And the apps were so much better that, you know, it doesn't do me any good to have an app if it's not useful. So if I want to check my calendar, I can look at my iPad. If I need to check certain client notes, I can look at my iPad. If I need to do a interview, like a potential client interview, I can do all that on my iPad. It will sync nicely. And it also has all the pipelines that I create so that if, you know, for instance, I have an interview with a potential client and say, Usually at the end of an interview, I'll say, look, you know, last question is, you know, you kind of have one of three options. You can say, Mike, I'd like to hire you. Mike, I need to think about it. Right. Or Mike, but thanks, but no thanks. Right. And if I get the, I need to think about it, 
you know, I have a little uh, pipeline that, you know, once I trigger it, we'll say, if I don't hear from back from him in 30 days, send him a non-engagement letter. Wow. So, so you're building that inside daylight then. Oh, yeah. Like and automating I'm, that. And it's nimble for me because the way I do my practice may not be the right way to, for you to do your practice. Right. Just love the fact that you're you're automating that because what do most people do if you don't have something like daylight or Clio or Rocket Matter? What are you going to write yourself a post-it note and put it on your desk? I'm sure some people do that and maybe that works okay for some people, but I suspect things get lost or fall through the cracks more often right. than not if they right. don't use something like this, Michael. You're really just automating what we need to be doing anyway. Right. Well, you know, but think about it this way. I can also have a filter on daylight, you know, at the end of the month, at end of say next, the following month that I have a bunch of non-engagement letters to send out, I can group those tasks together and take care of it in one sitting instead of saying, oh, 30 days is here, 30 days is there. Because you don't want to just like have to take time out of your day to write a one-time letter when you can do a bunch and you can do a whole bunch at one time. Right. Because it's right. more productive that way than having your day, uh, you know, chopped up that way. Kind of like, uh, you know, lawyers, you know, I have certain block times that I do potential client interviews. I have certain times that I do uh, right. client follow-ups, et cetera. Because if you don't bunch it together, it's hard to kind of get a momentum. Let's make sure everybody knows too, Michael, that with something like Daylight, when you schedule an appointment or you create this pipeline, what's great about it is that you already can tag it or associate that task or that follow-up with the client name, right? right? And, and this right. is true within Clio and Rocket Matter too. This is why I'm constantly trying to encourage lawyers to at least use some kind of a management system like this right. so that once you have a matter and you say, well, I need to follow up, you don't have to say, I need to follow up with so-and-so regarding this matter on this date. You just say, I need to do the follow-up and it's already associated with the matter and the client. That's really valuable to have. It's it's so much more efficient and, and frankly, it's a lot more effective because it's already tied with the information that you need to tie it with. It compiles all the important information together. That, that is something that saves a lot of time and makes me more productive. And also, you know, when I have that potential client call, I use Acuity uh, Scheduling. And since on that form, if you will, like they may look at my website and say, hey, I wanted to schedule a consultation with them. They right. can call in and my receptionist will take the information and put it into Acuity or they'll put it in themselves. But this way I have their name, their number, their address, and perhaps a little bit about what they want to talk about. So this is all there for me. The contact's created. I then create a new opportunity for that potential client. And then, you know, I take the notes from there as during our conversation. And from there, I can do a follow-up with my pipelines. You know, do I send them an engagement letter? Do I send the person a non-engagement letter? Um, is there something in the history of our email dialogue that I need to remember that, so that I can bring up either right. during the conversation or perhaps later? Another thing that kind of helps out also is I occasionally get callers that come back or calls from potential clients that come back, say, a year, two years, even five years later. Because at that point that, that we talk or have that initial engagement may not be the right time for us to talk. Right. In other words, like for the VA benefits uh, matters that I handle, you are only allowed really to help with the appeals process, not the application process. So they're like, well, I'm waiting for a decision or I haven't quite filed yet. I'm like, hey, you know, right now you don't need me. You know, if it turns out that you do, give me a call back. So when they give me a call back or an email back later, two years later, I've got that history. You still in got the history, right. Right. 
Right. Oh yeah, we talked a couple of years ago. Um, you know, I'm sorry you didn't get what you were, you were entitled to. Uh, maybe we can help out. Right there. Now another thing we should let people know that Daylight or the company Market Circle and mm -hmm. the products we're talking about are not available for the Windows side. This is a company that has focused on Macs, which is great. And again, as I said, it's a general business software, so it, it's there for CPAs and other freelancers and other industries. It just so happens that folks like yourself can use it in a legal practice setting as well, and it works out great. You and I both know several lawyers that um, mm -hmm. uh, use Daylight very effectively on that. Now, I also wanted to ask, because I know in the past, Daylight, they've been around long enough that it used to be server-based. Base. Like the customers would buy the software, they would run it on a server that they had in their own office. But right. they, Market Circle has been making this turn into the cloud base. Which system do you use or have you used both? Uh, I have used both. I prefer the one in their cloud. Okay. Uh, to be blunt, I'd rather host it myself just as a general security right. issue. Um, according to the ABA rules, you know, as long as you have reasonable security measures, you're basically covered under that process. And right. I believe Market Circle has those means. And they just seem to run the cloud better than the server did. And actually, they're moving away from server-based. And they're I don't think they're going to be um, providing service for that much longer. Right. Yeah. But, I, I agree with you on all those points. Number one, yeah, it's taking the same reasonable precautions that you would be taking if you had a briefcase and didn't leave it right. in a cab or making a, right. a password on your laptop, for example. Right. And I know the Daylight folks, the Market Circle folks, in fact, they've presented at ABA Tech Show before, and you're absolutely right. They have gone to great lengths to ensure the security of their cloud-based systems. And, and then lastly, Michael, I think you're absolutely right. It, just like many other companies, they are moving away from local mm -hmm. server, traditional, you know, server-based platforms because of the amazing features and capabilities that you get with a cloud-based system. You know, I respect that a lot of attorneys, uh, and I'll say more of less of the newer attorneys and more of the, you know, seasoned attorneys were not necessarily happy about having to go to the the pay-per-month scale right? versus <laughs> just buying the software. And, you know, I was resistant to that too. But listen to David Sparks on his uh, podcast, uh, right. Mac Power Users. You know, it makes sure that they are still invested, they being the uh, the vendors, are still exactly. invested in what they're doing. And I can respect that. As long as they're coming out with a product that's working for me and working great for me and, and with uh, Daylight's case, I don't mind. And also, it's a little bit more flexible that you can add or remove seats license seats oh as, okay. as staff right right coming in and out you know i i have uh staff that you know my law clerks are tend to be you know one or two semesters at a time because uh, they're usually law students right and if i need to add someone i can add it without a problem if i need to remove it i can remove it oh, so this way i'm not buying i'm not excuse me i'm not buying a like expensive one seat license for a year when i may not need it for a year right right and then let that license go fallow all right, a couple of other things, because I, I love hearing how people utilize these these tools and these, mm -hmm. these technology platforms. What about documents, papers and files? Do you use Daylight to track, you know, with a certain client of matter that you can put documents in there? Do you use something else to store and manage your documents and files? Well, you know, it was funny you say this, because I was thinking about that before we started our uh, our podcast today. Because uh, what I typically do is, you know, I've got the Fujitsu Scan Snaps uh, scanner, and I, I scan it, 
and it pops into my office files, which is synced through Dropbox. And then I have a Hazel rule that will automatically recognize that it's a new PDF, open up the PDF, OCR the PDF, and then move it from uh, scans that are filed to scans that are OCR'd for my triaging so that I can, you know, rename it, put the appropriate Apple tags to it and do whatever I need to do with it. And once it's been executed, uh, you know, for instance, if I need to mail out to a client or if I need to um, schedule some dates on my calendar, uh, then once I'm done with it, I can put it in my scans to be filed to client folder and that will automatically ship out to the right folder. In other words, instead of me looking for the client file to the client folder within the subject area, it will do it up for me automatically with the Hazel rule I've created. Nice. Boy, you're, you're bringing out all kinds of products, Mike. I love this. <laughs> Hazel is another Mac-specific piece of software, which, by the way, David Sparks loves a lot. Oh, and yeah. it is great. It does these automations, exactly what you just described, and that's that's a fantastic workflow there. Because it does save a lot of time with you just constantly, you know, finding that right folder, Barry, five other folders. You know, you have, say, your client file. Uh, then I have my subject matter, which would be, say, you know, the v, you know, VA. Right. And then I'd have to find the right client and then I have to find the right folder within and takes care of it just like that. Now, you mentioned earlier the Daylight Mail Assistant. Explain, is, is that another piece of software? I'm assuming, because whether you described it, that this is a way you get your mail messages to or from certain clients and then associate those messages with the matter in Daylight. Explain a little bit more about how you use that, please. So with Daylight comes Daylight Mail Assistant. Okay, it is not, uh, it is not something you have to pay for extra. Okay, it's good. Package and you, you launch it, it, you will attach to your mail, your Apple Mail program. It's an extension, you run the extension, and actually I'm looking at my preferences right now, <laughs> nice. and what happens is you have a column on your right that is specifically daylight, and with any email that pops up, uh, it, you can have it set to automatically tag the contact of who's sending it to you, who's okay. sending email, and perhaps if it's a, a client email, it may automatically tag uh, the objective, whether it's a potential client or a current project. And then you can add the tasks to that email. So if I receive an email from a particular party, uh, if it's already if that party's already my contacts, that person's uh, name and contact will automatically populate into the contacts area of the daylight mail assistant. Right. And then um, you can tag the appropriate projects that that person is involved with. And if it's dealing with certain appointments or certain tasks, uh, you can populate those in there too. That means the appointments and tasks and objectives and contacts that are already in your daylight. But if you need to create a new task or a new appointment, you can do that directly from the, D the DMA in Apple Mail or you can go into your uh, daylight program and perhaps you have a pipeline of something that you right. need to follow up. Like, so for instance, it's, a, it's an email from a client saying, Hey, I want to hire you. And you go into daylight and you populate, Hey, send this person an email. I'm sorry, send this person an engagement letter pipeline and it will pop out. You know, this is when it needs to be sent out by in a calendar entry. And then it may give you one or two tasks to do in order to send things out in a timely fashion. 
And once you've done that in daylight, you can go back into the daylight mail assistant and populate that out with the email so that you can see it not just in the email, but also back in, you can also see the email back in daylight itself. Hopefully I explained that clearly. No, no, it's good. I mean, to me, I know that's one of the big issues that everybody is always talking about, you know, as we use email more and more as a way of conversations, we use it as a way to transport official documents. People are always telling me, how can we associate these communications with the actual matter that they're in or the client? I know about Daylight Mail Assistant and it works extremely well because it's all kind of interconnected there directly onto your Mac. Now, do, do you have that ability or access to the Mail Assistant on your iPhone and iPad as well? Or do you, how do you uh, manage that if you get a message while you're out of the well, office? You don't get a quote-unquote daylight mail assistant, but you do get daylight mail on the iPad and the iPhone. Okay. So I'm literally looking at it right now, and you can tag those mails, those those emails. You have that email server on your iPad. Right. You know, getting the email from your your work account, you can add links and can tag accordingly. It's it's a little less intuitive, but it's possible to do basically okay. all the same functions that you have uh, in the DMA on. Apple Mail, you can tag, you know, the person, the company, the project, the opportunity, and, and make other tags. It's just a little, in my mind, it's just a little bit clunkier, or perhaps my lack of familiarity. But I mean, not in the sense that I don't use it. I just right. don't use it that often because normally, you know, I'm at my desk. Yeah, well, I see even on the the App Store for the Daylight app, like it integrates with your contacts there. The mm -hmm. the integrates with the calendar, uh, even I think even integrates it like it'll show you a caller ID if somebody is calling. So all of that is really just a, a great way to take it full circle, I guess, if you will. Yes, or maybe take it market circle, if you will. The fact that you can access all of this on your Mac, like your main uh, workhorse of a computer, but then. If you get up and walk down the hall or walk and you go to lunch or something, you have access to the same information on your phone and your iPad. Yes. And I wanted to kind of round back to something that you were mentioning earlier was about having file access. Right. So if you were to go into the various projects on daylight, you could conceivably attach the various files that you have for, say, that client project right. uh, to daylight. But the problem is you have to go in and basically kind of like do it one by one. You know, you, you have to you can only add one file at a time. And, you know, typically you have more than one file pop up for a client. You know, if you're if you're like a discovery, you got all these different, you know, PDFs and these different various uh, documents. You, you know, I don't believe it's intuitive to allow you. Yeah, you can't you can't select like a folder or a bunch of files at one time and there's no continuous sync in case those files change so you can't just like add your library to your project and then therefore automatically have that sync say to your iphone or your ipad which then means you're still stuck using dropbox which is one sense fine but it's not easy right. to search so right. that's why i use parallels access an app on my iPad and my iPhone that allows me to remotely log into my desktop computer. Ooh, and well, let's, 
let's talk about that a little bit more. So okay. I usually ask folks to you know provide a tip or so at the end, and I think you were hinting that this could be your tip. Explain about Parallels Access a little bit, please. And, and sure. even more, I know about it, I think, from the Mac side. Oh, yeah, but this is how you can use it from your iOS devices. Yeah, please tell us yes. a little bit more. A little way of background, Parallels Access also allows you, I'm sorry, Parallels is a company that also allows you to simulate Windows yes. on your Mac. And I started using Parallels specifically for that because at the time I was using Stamps.com for my mailing, for my postage. Okay. And it was only a Windows-based right. program. <laughs> now, thankfully, it's also um, web-based, so that kind of makes life a little bit easier because I no longer have to run anything that's quote-unquote Windows. Right. But they also have a product called Parallels Access, which I've been using for years. And what it does is it allows me to remotely log into my computer and run my computer, my iPad, wherever I'm at. Now, mind you, if we're talking solely in the sense of file management, the concern is that, of course, you have to have an internet access. Right. If you don't have internet access, you can't log into your computer to use a program like Hootaspot to find the documents that you need. There, There is that drawback. Okay. And that's why I, you know, if I'm typically doing work, I have my laptop, which syncs continuously, you know, the, the daylight syncs, Dropbox syncs, I have all the same files on the same two different devices. So in a pinch, if I only have my iPad, I can use Parallels Access to remotely log into my main computer and search for that file and then put that file somewhere that either I can easily find it through Dropbox or I'll nice. email it myself. But to really do a, a quick granular search of certain documents that I'm looking for that just for whatever reason may not be where I thought they were, I use a program called Hootaspot. Okay. Hootaspot is a Mac-only program. Spotlight, which is the Mac Finder, if you will, right? The search, search, the search box, program. right? I use Hootaspot. That really allows you to granular search for documents, whether it's some words in the name, or within the text body, or if it was a particular tag, or if it was created between a certain uh, two dates, or if you want to specifically look at one particular hard drive or file versus everything else. You know, you can exclude your library files because that tends to be a little bit redundant and just kind of clutters up your your search results. And from there, you can open, close, uh, rename, move, copy, uh, whatever files you're looking for, whether it's in Word or PDF or some other format. And that's actually another nice thing is, you know, I may need to find the brief I submitted that was accidentally not named right or um, not where I thought it was, and I can look for specifically the PDF function, or I should say PDF kind, or if it's a Word document I'm looking for, I can search for just those Word documents, and it just really makes a complex search simple. Yeah, I've been a big fan of Hootaspot for a long, long time. I don't, I don't use it all that often because you know Spotlight is already built into the Mac operating system, but I can see how. This would be so powerful. You're out of the office. You know there's a file that's stored on your computer. You can use Parallels Access to remote into your mm -hmm. computer, which that's not really anything new. We've had remote access software before, but I know this Parallels Access works as well as it does. But then you can use Hootaspot then to quickly find a file because you know the, how to right. filter it down so that you can find it quickly. Right, and you know, I, I was having a, a client conference uh, this morning before you and I spoke, and there was a document 
we both knew we were looking for that was in the month excuse me in the month of March okay here so in the Hootaspot search I put in the client's name you know the name contains client X right and the way I do my file naming is year dot month dot day right comma and then the name um, of whatever the document is so what I did is I searched uh, year and month, I left the day, I didn't put in the day, so it's just, you know, 2019.03. Right. Dot, and I left it there, and it popped up four different documents, all within that month. So I didn't even have to go in the, the client file to start looking That's for so it. Great. I just went to Hootaspot and said, okay, yeah, I know. Right. So there was a decision we're looking for back in March of last year, and I just typed in his name and also the date as uh, the format explained, and just looked for PDFs. So this way I didn't have to go to uh, the client file. Yeah. So who to spot? I'll have a link in the show notes as well for that. It's another excellent, uh, it's a, it's a Mac specific piece of software, but, and, and I'm sure there's some similar ones on, on windows, even though windows has that Cortana search box now that they use on theirs. But uh, it's really, really good to have the capability to run something like this. Although just something I want to quickly underscore, Michael, that you just kind of breeze through, but I see so many people not doing this, is having a consistent file naming convention, yes. regardless of what you're doing, right? Yes. It, it, the, the way, because you knew how you named your files, that allowed you to be able to tailor the search as specific as you did and find those files within just a few clicks. Having the name naming convention, a standard naming convention for your office is very important as well. Well, let me add something to that about the naming convention, because to be blunt, for me to type 2019.03.13, the name of whatever the document is, you know, it's an order, it's a motion, it's a letter, whatever. And then, of course, my naming convention continues with the last name of the client, comma, his, his or her first initial, and then uh, sort of a bracket area for whatever the subject is. Right. You know, VA case, an EEO case, whatever type of case it is. And then, of course, you know, .pdf, whatever. Uh, that's where text expander really comes into play. <laughs> Man, you're, you're just throwing them all out. This is great, Mike. <laughs> Absolutely. This is what I, I talk about all the time. Please continue. Text expander has so many uses, including setting up the file name format, which is funny because the trigger, the snippet I use is .f. N. And what happens is if I type dot F, dot .fn somewhere, it will pop up this little bubble and it will automatically populate today's year, today's month, and then today's day. And then it will have a little tab for me to go in and type whatever the subject is. And then yeah. another tab, type in whatever the client's last name, then the first name, and then the subject. And it will populate it out in that nice format and it's done for me. Now, of course, that's for if the document's today. Now, if I type in dot .fd, and this is snippets I've created, right. it will give me a blank for the date. If I type in .fm, it will leave a blank space for the month and the day, and then the rest as I talked about. And of course, .fy oh, is so great. the year, the date, no, the month and the date, So, and then the rest. And Brilliant. that comes in, I mean, because it just, um, it's just, it, you know, becomes intuitive and it's really quick. And, and I even add quickly, Mike, that don't waste time trying to look up what day it is. 
That's right. something like what Text Expander can do. Before I'd have to like, oh, I got to switch over to my calendar or click it, you know, from the system tray or up in the menu bar or look on the wall for a calendar. And what is today? Is it Wednesday? I don't want to waste time doing that. That's exactly what Text Expander can do. Because having that date in front of theirs is absolutely essential to making sure that the files are listed chronologically and you can find them exactly the way that you were talking about. This is going to be a long list of apps that we're going to be putting, but Sorry. I love it because it, this is great to show how legal professionals like yourselves can take advantage of some of these tools. And none of these are overbearing or you know, oh, no. you don't need hours and hours and days of training. These are very simple things that you can use that truly, truly automate and it make your practice a lot more efficient. So I'm so thrilled that you shared all of this, Mike. This is great. Just on Text Expander, a couple of things to remember. One, Text Expander can be used both on the Mac and Windows. Yes, and uh, iOS devices too. Yes, I don't yes. use it all that much there, but it is possible. Oh, I, uh, I've been, I sort of took a real look at it recently. It's fantastic, yes. and it really does save me a lot of time. Yes. For instance, uh, if you're typing in something on a web browser, whether it's on your iPhone your, or your iPad, and you know it's, it's somewhat of a legal document, and you want to have your disclaimers. You know, if I type .sal, it will populate out my salutation, right. which is my name, my address, email, and also this is not, you know, legal advice, right, right. Et, cetera, et cetera. But also going back a step, you know, when you talked about the date, uh, just populating out a date, like today's date, if I type .date, it populates out the date. You know, today right. is uh, March whatever, and then uh, the year and so forth. But if I type out dot d-d-a-t-e in other words two d's for date uh it will type out date today's date in a different format yeah that, yeah that i prefer and lastly uh, one thing that kind of comes into play uh, unfortunately a lot with me and, and my practice i'm not sure about other, i'm sure with other, everyone else too is that your client tends to have more than one email <laughs> right and if i remember which email is the right email or the right emails and you know they change they have new ones they have different ones it gets a little confusing if you create a snippet for say that client's name and we'll just say you know the clients we'll use a generic name of you know jones if i type out dot j o n e s into my email uh you know the to function uh it will populate out all the different emails that are the current emails for that client ah and the same thing like with my clerks, you know, they change. Instead of just, you know, remembering who's here, who's not, I just type out dot clerks and voila, all their all the current clerks' emails are there. I feel like uh, it saves you time. Obviously, literally it saves you time, but it saves frustration. <laughs> Yes. Because you don't want to have to remember all that stuff. Oh, that's fantastic. And, and now that you not have to remember that stuff, you also want to make sure you get it right. Because uh, trust right, me, every now right. and then I got, I got an email from a client, hey, don't send the, the email there, send it there. You right. know? And unfortunately, sometimes you know your your mail, whether it's ma you know Apple Mail or even Outlook, will automatically populate out right. some other email that you forgot you're not supposed to use. and. <laughs> Remembering an email address is probably like very, 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 very low on your list. Yeah. You just, you don't need to be spending brain cells thinking exactly. about that. <laughs> exactly. You have more important things you need to be doing. Uh, Michael, this has been fantastic. Man, so many tools that you use. That's why I wait, knew I wanted to have you on. Wait, can, can I yeah. add one more? Of course. Go ahead. I, I want to add one more yes. because of something you said. You talked about Spotlight. Yes. Okay. Which is an okay function but if you use butler which is for i'm sorry alfred right 
which looks like a sorry. butler. Yeah, right. that's well, why. Yeah, there, there is a program called Butler that right. helps deal with your icons on your menu bar. But um, specifically, Alfred is sort of like spotlight on steroids. Right. And if you use command space, that will get you your spotlight. On my keyboard, the way I created the shortcut is if I use option space, which right. is right next to command, right. that will pop up Alfred. And then you can type in a search if you're looking right. for a particular file. Yes. If you want to, I use Spotlight and I've used things like Alfred to launch applications. Like I don't want to have to go and try to find the app. I can just start typing the yeah. name of the of the of the software application and I can launch it from there. And I know there's lots of other things that Alfred can do. I mean, I'll put a link to the show notes in there. You can do calculations. It has like a, a clipboard uh, history, doesn't it, as well? Yeah. 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 Just lots of great things that you can do. Uh, I, it's just like you said, it's like Spotlight on steroids. It's really just giving you a lot of extra comp- components that you can uh, and on your Mac. And a lot much more it's much smarter i think yeah yeah absolutely spotlight is constantly indexing and it just seems to be slow no offense yeah (laughs) hey if these are tools that help you get your work done faster no question all right i gotta cut you off michael this is fantastic this (laughs) you have you have shown that there are so many small simple utilities and tools out there that can just help you get your work done which is really really great Michael, thank you so much for being a guest on the Absent Law Podcast. I will have links to Michael's law practice and check out his Tech Savvy Lawyer website. It's thetechsavvylawyer.page, P-A-G-E. He's got podcasts going on there. I think we're going to collaborate on that site as well, which I'm very excited about. And and the one with David Sparks is a great listen as well, if if, uh, those that are out there listening from the Mac side. Thanks again, Michael. Really great having you on, sir. My pleasure anytime, and I look forward to speaking with you soon. You can find more app reviews for lawyers at my site, appsinlaw.com. You can also subscribe to this podcast from your computer, your iPhone, or your iPad. Thanks for listening. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 